0: Welcome back to Power Retail, Power Talks. Join me in bite-sized discussions with industry leaders and professionals as they share their exclusive insights into the dynamic world of e-commerce. This podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, UPay. I'm your host, Rosalie, and for this episode, I sat down with Carl Hartman, co-founder and executive director at Liars. We spoke about all the surprises that come with launching and globally expanding a non-alcoholic spirits brand, Lyah's digital presence and fostering a social movement amongst its community, and I also found out Carl's top tips on how to manage peak season pressures. Thanks for coming on, Carl.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Rosalie.
0: So you've obviously had huge success with Liars. It's one of the most awarded brands in the world. But tell me about the launch. Was the market receptive at first?
1: Yeah, I think to understand the launch, it's probably go. good to go right back to the start to understand you know why it exists and what we're trying to achieve so basically um, it was born out of um, you know by Mark and myself uh, we're the two founders probably coming from two different worlds Um, you know Mark had spent his uh, career in beverage and started to see just changing consumer trends with um, you know first there was um, you know the sort of entry of plant-based milks And at the start of that, everyone was saying, oh, you know, this is a fad. Now it's like 15% of the category. Then you had plant-based proteins. And what was sort of underpinning was was this better for you wave. And then I think for the first time ever, um, alcohol growth rate started to to slow. And as you started to dig a bit deeper, um, we're starting to see that, look, there was – this growing sort of trend of people choosing to drink less for a myriad of reasons. Um, in my case as a founder, um, you know most of my career spent being an operational CEO traveling on average about 150 days a year, peak was like more than 200. And you go from function to function, always getting a drink in your hand. You like to be social, but you physically can't drink every day. It's like it just erodes you. And um, so I personally started to drink a bit less. I had sold my first company, moved back to Australia. Mark was working on the liquids. And, um, you know, from my perspective, just thought, look, you know, I would be the very first customer of this. Um, and, uh, then I think when we saw was in market, a lot of the early entrants in our category really were, um, in sort of the gin adjacent category. So they were doing novel flavors, um, you know, not really sort of trying to do what we had intended to do, which was to make something true to taste. So really with liars, what we've done is we've recreated all the major spirits in the most authentic and true-to-taste format, but in alcohol-free. And what that allows us to do is recreate the majority of the world's cocktail in either a low or a no-alcohol um, format. And both are important in the sense of, uh, you know, low, for example, um, 90% of our customers do indeed actually drink alcohol, um, but increasingly they're, they're mindful of things like the calories, they're mindful of you know, drinking, you know, um, say from function to function, like I um, gave an example before. So in some cases, they might be looking to lower the alcohol content or the calorie content. That might be the driver. And there's others, of course, that for whatever reason, be that a a life stage uh, reason a religious reason or just personal choice, that they don't drink at all. So um, our product then allows them to basically um, enjoy their favourite drink in the format that best suits them. And we're all about this inclusion. I'd say the first, um, it's it's almost like going through the, you know, the the st- stages of uh, of like guilt or something because at first you go to the market and they're like, oh, you know, I remember this um, in some of the European markets where they're like, oh, this will never work here. And then they update us and like, actually, this is more popular than we thought. And then they're like, actually, we're going to need a hell of a lot more than we we, we budgeted. So sometimes there's that sort of, you know, that wave is going through stages. It's First, it's like denial and it's acceptance and then it becomes mainstay. And um, look, some of the markets around the world um, where you probably think that it'll never work have actually surprised us. So Australia, I think we've always had a perception of a big drinking culture. The reality is we're increasingly becoming a healthier and healthier nation because we have such a high level of education. Um, Ireland and Europe on a per capita basis smashes it. You think of the drunken Irish You couldn't be further from the truth. Um, Again, another really well-educated market. Um, Some of the Baltic uh, countries as well, um, same sort of thing. It's just a really high per capita uh, consumption. So it's kind of everywhere. Anywhere there's sort of like an outdoorsy sort of lifestyle, there's a high level of education and a reasonable amount of affluence so they can sort of, um, you know, choose to sort of have this as an obtainable luxury. Um, It is something that um, I think is becoming more and more common. And even over the last few years, um, I've seen a massive trend on things like conference menus. Like I was at a function Friday night and, you know, you've got in uh, on a sort of a three-course sort of sit down dinner type of environment, you get getting to the alcohol-free section and there's a choice of an alcoholic beer, an alcoholic wine, a Liars non-alcoholic cocktail. You know, even a few years ago, that was like you probably got offered water or soft drink, right? So I think that's just starting to, um, to really show the, the, the sort of the changing wave behind, um, behind things, if that makes sense.
0: Stay tuned for a discussion on digital strategy, brand identity, and the evolution of Liars. Did you know that UPay is available in most countries and has more than 500 brands on its platform? With over 100,000 users and $60 million in wishlist items created across the globe, UPay is the wishlist platform of choice for shoppers this season. If you're looking to get your brand exposed to a global audience, then maybe it's time that you talk to UPay. Now, Elias has a really unique digital presence and that's centered around curating that social movement. So the site itself is just not a basic e-commerce storefront. You've got recipes, advice, you've got guides, all those educational pieces. That's a huge part of the brand identity. So I was wondering, has that always been the case? Did you set out to do that or has that developed alongside the brand and how that evolved?
1: Yeah, so we launched as a, as a digitally native brand. We wanted to be digital first. Um, I'm really glad we did because if we didn't, um, this thing called COVID probably would have destroyed us, right? Because, uh, without having the ability to trade through it, um, and in particularly in that time, we had a very captive digital audience. Um, you know, we were really able to still do some great brand building online. Um, the biggest challenge we've had, it's its not like we're selling a widget that's always exists. We're um, probably the first to scale in our category, um, certainly in Spirits. Um, we were sort of lucky, I guess, um, Heineken Zero, uh, you know, within the beer category has um, spent an enormous amount on marketing and probably really educated the whole world that alco- non-alcoholic options exist, right? Um, so um, the saliency is a little bit higher in, in, uh, in beer in particular. But um, for us... Um, Particularly at the start, we uh, the feedback we got was, oh, we didn't even know this existed. So what we've tried to do as a pillar of our brand building is just educate, tell the story, explain that with liars, because um, it works on a one for one basis. You can use it interchangeably with alcohol. So basically any cocktail, you know, you can just find the equivalent in the liars um, range and then just reach for a different bottle. And that's how easy it is. And, you know, if you're a mindful drinker, so you might still consume alcohol, but you're just trying to drink less, be that either the caloric reason, um, you know, or just you're looking to cut back the alcohol percentage, um, you know, you might choose to make it low proof. So an example might be a Negroni. Um, a traditional Negroni is like a good couple of hundred calories and uh Quite a boozy drink. It's like you know, twenty-two percent ABV. Um, you might replace, say, the uh, the vermouth and the Campari with the lye's equivalent, and then you're bringing that down both in calorie content to the low hundreds, um, and then you're also bringing the ABV contact down because you you probably leave in the gin being the the lower calorie version, or you make it um, a complete no groany and you make it all with wires and you're sub 100 calories. Um, there's no alcohol content in it. You know, you can have those uh, and still drive home, right? So I think just that flexibility and um, just educating people that that's how easy it is. You just reach for a different bottle. and um, And I think during COVID, what really helped us a lot actually was people were at home and they were bored. Um, So we did like Zoom masterclasses just because we had our um, you know our team on JobKeeper and PPP loans and furlough and you know every every country had a system and you know we just try to keep everyone employed and give them something to do. So all of a sudden they'd buy one bottle and we'd teach them, hey, if you have got two more bottles, you can make this. And I I don't know, it was like entertainment. It was like people were cooking and doing all these things that they probably never had the time to do because they were stuck at home. So we kind of really built a a, a really engaged and authentic and um, just downright awesome community. Um and we've got some on the back of that just such high brand advocacy. So as the brand has scaled and we've scaled internationally, we've just got um a really strong community that we've built up digitally. And these people police our brand, they're you know offering recipes. Um, you know, they're changing ideas all the time. Um, we're a very inclusive brand, um, you know, so we we play well with others in terms of other people in our category. So if we can see ways um, to make it better, whether it might be involving bidders or there might be someone else in the category that's got a, you know, um, an adjacent product that might mix well with it, um, we're all about just how do we sort of um, ultimately change the way the world drinks.
0: Wow. That definitely comes through. I think that's really awesome how that keeps evolving as well. Now, something I'm sure all our listeners are stressing about, uh, peak season. So all businesses see an uptick around now, but I can imagine you've got dry January and that Christmas season that must be real busy for you. How do you manage peak season?
1: Uh, look, I, I think like like all, all brands that play in e-commerce this time, um, <laughs> with a lot of planning and a little bit of stress and hopefully a bit of luck, um, you know, for us, it's it's really just understanding inventory levels, sell-through rates, um, trying to cation our stock uh, to anticipate demand. Um, it's never easy, right? And then so many of the things that can go wrong are often outside of your control uh, in terms of might be logistics, bottlenecks and whatnot. So I think it's just making sure you've got some of those contingency plans in place. Like, you know, if you're in 3PLs, you might have a backup 3PL. If you have you know, your own warehouse, um, you might not want to put all your uh, eggs in one basket with a courier. You might have a multi, multi-carrier multi sort of uh, approach um, just to sort of mitigate some of those risks. Um, so, yeah, I, I think just try to let the data tell the story and understand what levers you've got to pull if, um, you know, if, if there's a bottleneck, um, you know, or a, or a challenge.
0: Coming right up, get ready for our power questions. Did you know that UPay is available in most countries and has more than 500 brands on its platform? With over 100,000 users and $60 million in wishlist items created across the globe, UPay is the wishlist platform of choice for shoppers this season. If you're looking to get your brand exposed to a global audience, then maybe it's time that you talk to UPay. Before I let you go, we end on some light-hearted, quick-fire questions. We call these our power questions. They just help the audience get to know you a bit more. So, firstly, Fantastic. As a busy guy, how do you unwind and step away from work?
1: Uh, for me, like work-life balance is absolutely paramount. It's um, probably the... Mistake I made in my first startup. Um, so my, my primary uh, sport slash relaxation slash cult, if you like, is uh, kite surfing. Um, pretty much if the wind blows, um, I'm in the ocean. So um, absolutely love that. Got uh, uh, reasonably okay at it during COVID because um, I didn't travel for the first time. Um, I also I train six days a week on the back of that, um, largely just keep fitness levels up. So uh, I'm middle aged now, so I have to try not to get injured by doing extreme sports. And um, so I, I do the equivalent of a triathlon every week. Um, and then I compete um, a couple of times a year in races as well, just to use it as like the Noosa triathlon, particularly as the uh, my annual fitness test. And again, that was a, a thing I got into over COVID where I started running every day. Then I ended up at the physio. Then I started cycling. I said, oh, I can swim all right." So I was like, "Wow, well, why not do a triathlon? And then I was like, uh, I remember meeting this bloke who was 80 and he just done his 40th triathlon. And I was like, holy be- Jesus! like and he's like age is just a number and he did it like 20 minutes quicker than i uh and i'd say i'm reasonably fit um and he's like yeah i've been doing it for 40 years it's manual fitness test i'm like that's what i'm doing and oh, i'm wow. like i said to myself at that time i said i want to be like this bloke at 80 just you know i mean triathlon's hard on a, on a good day to be able to maintain that level of fitness through your life and just live your best life I said you know it's cool to have training goals like that right and uh until your joints might give way or something (laughs) might get in the way but um and then I I met a guy um over COVID as well who's 77 and decided to learn the kite surf so yeah look honestly age is just a number as long as you can keep that just a reasonable baseline like just find 30 minutes a day to do something so you don't go crazy staring at you know your screen all day basically
0: absolutely well it's not my idea of unwinding but <laughs> it works for you. Um, exactly. And then, what's your favourite liar's concoction? I'm really interested to hear this one. You've um, tried everything.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like trying to, you know, ask who your favourite kid is. I guess. Um, look, I'll probably give two. I'd say um, one. I think that is just the most authentic out of anything is the um, amaretto sour. So, like, it's our non-out version of an amaretto sour. Like, it's. Sort of got that almond tone, just refreshing. some um, yeah, like if you have a lot of people will, will have it and say better than the real thing. Um, and I'd say in the low category, I really like to do a low grony. So I, I I'd use a premium gin, so something like a Four Pillars uh, or an Archie Rose, like um, so something that's sort of juniper forward, and then mixed with um, uh, comes with our Italian orange and our um, our uh, our um aperitif uh, rosso so um so what you're doing is you're having all that flavor of a negroni um you know it's not as but it's not as sugary or as sweet um as perhaps the original recipe and um personally i just think it's a lot better balanced and i've converted many a person who likes a negroni onto that it's like oh low grain and the difference is you can have two of those and still drive home versus uh you know you're getting an uber
0: (laughs) Awesome. And finally, what is your one sentence of advice for any aspiring entrepreneurs listening today?
1: Uh, aspiring entrepreneurs, I just say dream big, right? Like you've just got to set big audacious goals and, you know, swing for the moon. Cause look, if you shoot for the stars and you only get to the moon, at least you got halfway there. Right. So, um, but if you don't even dream to leave the earth, you probably never will.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. That's all my questions. It's been great having you on. Thank you.
1: No worries. Thanks for having me.
0: As always, thanks for listening. If you have any feedback, questions, or want to feature on Power Talks, you can contact us by emailing podcast at powerretail.com.au.